0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630
1: Chad. All right. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Bottom of the third at Fenway American league wildcard game, Red Sox leading the Yankees two nothing. The NL game is tomorrow Cardinals and Dodgers NHL preseason action tonight in the third period, Toronto up six, two on the Canadians. Penguins trailing the Sabres 3-2. Nashville leads Carolina 2-1. Islanders with a 2-0 edge on the Flyers. Panthers leading the Lightning 2-1 in the second period. No score, Blues and Stars. The Golden Knights and the Avalanche get underway in a few minutes. Kraken and Canucks in an hour, and in an hour and a half, it's the Coyotes and the Kings. Tomorrow on 6.30, Chet. Face-off short, 5.30, game at 7. The Edmonton Oilers host the Vancouver Canucks. Friday, 5 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game is at 6.30. The Edmonton Elks taking on the class of the CFL, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. However, the Bombers will not have the CFL's leading receiver in the lineup. Kenny Lawler has been arrested on suspicion of impaired driving after a single vehicle accident, and the Bombers have suspended Lawler for that game against the Elks. Lawler issued this statement earlier.
2: I just want to take this time to... Apologize to my coaches, my teammates, the organization, my family, um, the Bomber community, the fans. And uh, I do know. I'm truly sorry that, um, you know, for me to go out and disappoint many people, many people that look up to me. Um, this was a mistake. It was a selfish decision, a... a That's a bad decision on my part that I knew better not to get stepped in that car. So I'm sorry to everyone out there. Um,
1: All right. That's uh, Kenny Lawler, the receiver for the bombers, his apology after uh, being arrested on suspicion of impaired driving. And like I said, he will not play for the bombers against the Elks on Friday night. And we welcome back to the show, the uh, analyst for bombers football on CJOB in Winnipeg. One of my favorite guys to have on the show played 12 years of excellence in the Canadian Football League. It's Doug Brown checking in. Hey, Doug, how are you? I'm very well.
3: Thank you for having me on.
1: It's always great to talk to you. Uh, You know, you and I always dive into whatever's going on. This is kind of a bit of a heavier one with, uh, with Lawler. And you, yeah. you always are, are kind enough to share your perspective, not just as a broadcaster now, but but as a former player. First of all, w- w- when you hear that apology, um, you know, you know, what do you hear? Is that enough to his teammates, or does he need to say something in the dressing room as well?
3: Yeah, you know that that's just it. We don't know to what extent it went. Uh, Coach O'Shea kind of talked a little bit about it, and uh, you know how contrite he was, and there was mention about. Um, how his teammates reacted. It got some comments from Zach Calera about you know guys being angry and frustrated, but at the same time, understanding that that players and people make mistakes, unfortunately. And uh, this is a situation where you know it's pretty bizarre. He's coming off a, a game in BC, 12 catches for 205 yards, and literally what 48 hours later, this is the scenario that un- unfolds. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy circumstances. <laughs>
1: you know the the lawler situation aside I, I want to get your perspective on on your life in the in the locker room with teammates uh, I mean football's a large roster I mean 50 60 sometimes up to 70 guys if you factor in practice roster and and injured players you know when a when a player does something like that and there actually is an arrest involved now I don't make it sound like he did you know the worst thing in the world but he but he was actually uh, arrested does that sort of change his standing in the locker room or are generally athletes quick to forgive each other you know what's what's your experience if anything happened like this while you were playing uh
3: you know what it reminds me of a story um back when i was playing for the washington football club as they're as they're known as now and uh there was actually a week that went by and we had two players uh on our active roster actually get DUIs like within a couple days of each other and um one of them was an excellent player who was a starter the other was not and the starter stayed on the team and the other one was released so it is uh you know football and and consequences and repercussions unfortunately are usually tailored to uh Uh, The candidate and his impact on the team and and for some guys, you know situations you get yourself in the team just decides you're not worth it. You know, you're not worth the 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 spotlight and the distraction and the aggravation that comes with something like this. Now Lawler obviously is uh, is an excellent player and uh, he sounds uh like you say very remorseful, very sincere. I don't know him personally so I can't I can't speak to how that went over in the locker room but it sounds like his teammates I mean this all started last year or not last year but 2019 when Andrew Harris had his uh, suspension um for uh, a banned substance and and he missed a couple games. And the the team really rallied around him. That's where that uh you got my back uh, mantra all started because uh a lot of times people uh, are going to throw stones uh, regardless of whether they've committed similar transgressions or not, and sometimes the only people you can count on to uh, to stand up and stick by your side are the, are the guys in the locker room. So it worked out um, well with the Andrew Harris uh, situation and obviously a regrettable scenario but but the team rallied around him, and and uh, I'm not sure I don't think that was the compelling force why they won a great cup but it certainly didn't hurt and Andrew Harris had a massive chip on his shoulder but it, it sounds like uh, Kenny Lawler um, was a pretty upstanding guy in the locker room and and this is kind of the, the similar reaction he received from his teammates.
1: do you I mean I guess maybe I'm kind of asking you to be an armchair GM here I'll I'll ask it this way what do you think of the team decision to suspend him for a game
3: well I think it's it's pretty standard right you you look at precedent and you look at other guys you know Charleston Hughes is another star player I I believe got suspended for a game and and with that goes you know it's uh, a 14th of your your salary your paycheck disappears with that as well so and then obviously all the all the negative attention and, and publicity it's it's uh, it's a very serious offense and there are uh, very uh felt consequences um when you factor all those things up so it's uh i would think you know g m standpoint obviously a player of this caliber um you're not gonna uh you're not gonna break any or or, or make any new tracks in the snow trying to do uh something that hasn't already been um uh, precedented by, by another, uh, another example, another situation. So, uh, I, I think they just followed the, the script of what they've seen happen in the, and the reaction that, uh, fellow clubs and, uh, the, the CFL has enacted. All right.
1: Doug Brown from CGOB joining us tonight on inside sports, talking about the Kenny Lawler suspension and the upcoming game between the Elks and the bombers and, uh, Lawler in the lineup or not, the, uh, bombers are, uh, pretty substantial favorites in this game. Like, Doug, I, I, I look at the CFL this season. I don't think there's anybody on par with the Bombers. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not shocked they're 7-1. and one. I'm shocked that they're not 8-0 now that I've seen it all play out because they lost to kind of an up-and-down Toronto team. Like, I I just, and I'm not, like, I, I'm not one of these guys that, like, I'm trying to do a jinx or anything like that. Like, yeah. I, I think they're, like, this is, this is a great, great team.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I did an interview the other day asking about, okay, you know, what are you worried about this team going forward and, and, you know, matchups and competition in the CFL and and who they got to worry about. And I'm like, the biggest thing I'm worried about is just injuries with this football team, right? Like they don't have a lot of depth uh, at quarterback and, you know, there are players uh, like Andrew Harris, like Willie Jefferson, like Brandon Alexander, like Jackson Jeffcoat. These are guys that if, you know, if they get hurt and go down, you you can't replace superstar players like that of that, of that value and magnitude. So in my mind, I was like, you know, the way it looks right now with, with the matchups and such, and and trust me when I say things could change in a hurry in the CFL and you never know what can happen. Um, but you know to me that that is the biggest concern i I think for this team going forward is is building depth and and keeping everybody healthy if they want to have a good opportunity to uh to try and go back to back after after such a long drought what uh what an interesting story that would be, but it makes a lot of sense for Winnipeg because it's a pretty strange place here so All right. <laughs> Okay. What do you mean, pretty strange place there? Well, it's a different kind of. It's a different kind of uh, a place, and that's kind of the streaks we go through, right? You know, don't win a championship for thirty years, and then potentially uh, try and get two under your belt in a row okay. in the middle of a pandemic, right? So, it's just uh, apropos for uh, for Winnipeg. Trust me.
1: Yeah, okay, I want to I ask you something else because I, I talk about the teams in the CFL. And I say, you know, the Stampeders were good for so long. They, they they didn't just build a franchise. They didn't just build a team. I feel like they built a program. And I feel like O'Shea has done that. First two years, seven and eleven, five and thirteen, now playoffs every year, now a great cup championship, and now they're looking very good again. I I hope you kind of understand what I'm getting at. And it's you know, Yeah, like a culture. Is, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like how how did O'Shea do that and like did it actually take you know three four years to get that all in place all you want it to be
3: yeah it wasn't just O'Shea. i I think it was kyle walters and it was it was wade miller and first of all it was wade's selection of those guys and then they knew what they wanted to do and and it took time you know they wanted to start building from the draft with you know canadian offensive linemen because in that respect you get those guys are typically canadian players and you can pay them less when they're drafted and you can sign the longer-term deals. And uh, they just kind of built off that, right? It started with their their draft attitude and and a strategy that they had there. And then, you know, a lot of this stuff is interesting, though, because they fell into it, right? Like if Saskatchewan doesn't re-sign Willie Jefferson, then Winnipeg doesn't have him. And uh, if Matt Nichols doesn't get hurt and Chris Stradler doesn't get hurt, then Zach Claris isn't signed. So um, I, I think they have created a, a great locker room culture and a, uh, a very professional culture in Winnipeg, but they also got very fortunate in, in a lot of scenarios. And um, um, obviously they have a lot of good players and they've been able to keep them and retain them. And there's, you know, the city as, uh, as a football destination is looked upon differently now in the CFL, I think, because of the stability they've had and because of the recent success they've had. But um, uh, don't get it wrong, though. They, they had a lot of good fortune for this to happen and, and transpire and go down the way it did because, like I said, if Matt Nichols is still at, at the head of this helm and – and, you know, a number of other breaks they didn't get, you know, they're they're probably not a, a great cup champion and, and they may not be headed down this path right now. So a lot of things had to go right with them, but at least they've had, they've had the perspective to step back and, and embrace them and, and understand, you know, what pieces are foundational and need to be kept in place in order to have success going forward.
1: All right, Doug, I got one more for you. Uh, Ravens Broncos. Do you know what I'm going to ask you about here? About the rushing play the of the game?
3: Ravens and... Bron- no, you know what? I haven't... Uh,
1: okay, here's what happened. I didn't see that game, so... Okay, so here's what happened. So the Ravens are winning 23-7. They get the ball yeah. back with four or five seconds left, I think after an interception. And instead of kneeling down, they call a Lamar Jackson running play so they gain enough yards to get over 100 team rushing yards for the game, which ties the NFL record for most consecutive 100-yard rushing games and the broncos were were not happy
3: oh so they padded their stats is what you're saying
1: yeah to get to a milestone to keep a team yeah. streak alive yeah well did anyone, get, you did anyone get hurt no everybody was fine jackson ran okay. off to the left i think he got a bit of a bump and went down okay yeah.
3: but the, the quarterback was fine with it and it, it, it just comes down to what's important for the team right like if it's important to the guys in the locker room and they care about that, then then you do it. Those are your players, those are your workhorses, those are your, your successes and failures right there. So uh, in any situation I've been in, you know, guys that had uh you know, there's always been incentives, whether it was number of tackles or percentages of plays that you had to be on the field for, so on and so forth. You know, teams are always trying to accommodate their players and, and make them happy and, and happy to be playing the way they are. So if it was important to the, the quarterback and, and the Baltimore Ravens, then that's why they did it. I'm sure this wasn't a coach or a, an owner um, incentive that, or, or something they wanted done. So as long as it's player-driven, I have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. And if the Broncos are angry about it, then they should have done something about it. You know, it's just They should worry about winning the game in their own franchise. So who cares? <laughs>
1: i like how you put that doug it's always a pleasure to have you on the show thanks for the update on the lawler situation and, and why the bombers have been so strong this year have a good broadcast on friday and i don't know if i'll we'll be able to see you next friday when uh, when you're in town but uh hope it all goes well for you
3: man thank you my friend always good to talk to you and uh, appreciate coming on your show
1: that is Doug Brown, 12 years as a defensive lineman in the CFL, seven time All Star, now the color analyst for the Bombers on CJOB in Winnipeg. So, yeah, no Kenny Lawler for the Bombers against the Elks, but still a really, really tall task uh, for the Elks here. A home and home here against Winnipeg, and uh, Elks are pretty much in uh, must win territory. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by Teed professional grade building materials back in a couple of minutes. Red Sox leading the Yankees 3-0. You know, a lot of hope for the Elks going into the season that they were going to have a good defensive line. Uh, Botang, Moore, Betts. You know, you've seen Koskiden, uh, Costigan play sometimes and uh, look not bad, but they haven't had a lot of uh, pressure. Well, I should say this. They, they did early. They had nine sacks in their first three games. Now seven games into the season, the Elks are just at 13 sacks. And uh, head coach Jamie Elizondo commented on the lack of pressure on opposing quarterbacks.
0: I'm always going to tell you we need to generate more pressure because, if you know, that's that's just a fact. It, it starts in the trenches up front. So we could hit a quarterback 32 times and sack him eight times. I'm still going to say we need more pressure. So uh, that being said, I thought we generated more pressure early on in the season. Um, you know, it's pressure comes from a number of different things, N- not only the D-line, but zone blitzes, different front looks, those types of things. And so uh, the other part is teams have been getting the ball out a little faster against us, and sometimes that negates the sack, you know, just in terms of numbers.
1: All right, something to watch for. They're going into Friday's game, and an ongoing story for the Elks, not just this season, but several seasons. Special teams, not very good, not a lot of returns, and uh, they've been scored on a couple times. Terry Eisler the special team's assistant for the Elks. Yeah, I think
0: uh, that that's been frustrating and, and field position um, in terms of where the offense uh, starts, uh, certainly not very good. And that's one thing that we've talked about. We have to be better at the turnover ratio is another one. Uh, we're not winning that. Uh, we got to get some turnovers on special teams. So but maybe the return game we've worked uh, you know hard in the last couple weeks. I thought we saw a little bit better. You know, from the guys in terms of uh, the punt return was 11.3 last week. So we expect that to be a little bit better and kickoff return. We're very close on kickoff return. So we're hoping to spring one and give our offense a better chance, you know, in terms of field position.
1: All right. Elks on Friday. Coverage will start at 5 o'clock with the countdown to kickoff. Uh, We'll have some fun with Chris Sheets, and uh, we'll dive into some Connor McDavid said next. All right, bottom of the fourth, Red Sox lead the Yankees 3-0 in the American League wildcard game. Hockey tonight, preseason action. Maple Leafs ring up the Canadians 6-2 in overtime. The Sabres and Penguins are tied 4-4. Also in overtime, the Predators and Hurricanes are tied 2-2. The Islanders shut out the Flyers 3-0. Late in the third, Florida leading Tampa Bay 3-1. After 40 minutes, Blues and Stars in a 1-1 tie. And late in the first period, Golden Knights leading the Colorado Avalanche 1-0. Coming up in uh, about half an hour, actually, Kraken and Canucks. And the Coyotes will play the Kings at 8.30. You can follow me on Twitter. At Reid Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. I do not post pictures of my meals. I had a poll. Well, a poll's still going on. 830 people have voted. Well, maybe some of them are bots. I guess on Twitter, some of them might be. Can a bot vote, Kellen? It depends on if that bot is designed to vote or not. So, sure. They can design bots to vote in polls. Yes. Is that true, or are you just making that up? No, I think it's true. (laughs) Pretty sure. Pretty sure. As far as
0: I know. (laughs)
1: uh because i i I thought i read somewhere that however many twitter followers you have you probably only have about two-thirds of that many i thought it was like a third of the third of the accounts on twitter that sounds about right yeah but somebody has to create the bot but why do they create a bot to fight i don't understand anyway boredom (laughs) people do mean things online it's quite a sad place Mm -hmm. 856 Twitter accounts have voted. How many goals for Yessi Pugliarvi this season? Leading the way at 60%, 20 to 26 goals. And then a really optimistic 27% saying Pugliarvi will get 27 goals or more. 12% of the people say 13 to 19 goals and 12 goals or less. Apparently should not have even put as an option. That is at 0.9%. So uh, there you go. You can vote in the poll because predictions are fun, especially when we're in the preseason and the games don't count in the standings. The Oilers play on Thursday at Rogers place against the Vancouver Canucks. The face-off show is at 5:30 here on Ched. The game will start at seven. Then we'll have the football game Friday Elks at bombers. And then another showdown between the Canucks and Oilers for pre to conclude the preseason that is on Saturday night. Interested to see uh, how the Oilers line up at practice tomorrow. They did not practice today. And, uh, you know, Bob and I were talking last night on the Faceoff Show. Is it time to see, I, I'd like to see Ryan McLeod on the wing, maybe on a line with Devin Shore, if both those guys are in the top 12. Of the players fighting for spots, you know, I'd have Perlini on the team. I, I, th- I think you have to. I I, I think you have to. I realize he's got an incredibly hot stick, and he probably isn't going to keep that up, but I think you have to reward him for that. Shore is going to be there. Um, I'd have Benson and McLeod in the NHL at this point. I, I think Sevier's probably earned a contract. Turris might be the odd guy out for me. Uh, so maybe he gets sent down. But we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Again, I'm not sure what lineup they're going to go in Vancouver. Do they maybe give uh, three of the big guys a night off and play all five of the guys competing for spots in the bottom six? That, That might be an option. We'll see how Mike Smith is as well. As Dave Tippett told you, he left practice early uh, on the weekend. wasn't feeling great. Didn't play yesterday against Calgary. He was going to skate on his own today to see how he felt. Same deal with uh, Chris Russell, who should make his preseason debut coming up on Thursday. So some things to keep in mind there. The uh, oh, you'll be interested in this, Kellen. The Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. They're they're in the Thursday nighter against the LA Rams. The uh, Seahawks are going to wear those lime green jerseys. Oh, that's right. That's on. What I'm talking about. Or not just the jerseys. The whole the whole kit. So. You can easily spot the players from outer space on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones. In case Joe Buck is going to do play-by-play from the space station. Or from the I Goodyear they're blimp. Calling, I believe they're, they call it Action Green action green is it not lime green am i am i missing something i'm uh, calling it action green i would I call it lime green. It sound but... a little more viter so they don't sound like there is a lime or a fruit or a vegetable i don't mm, even know at least it's not soylent green <laughs> mm. soylent yeah green your soylent people. green jerseys would be something else entirely <laughs> it's, it's people i'm telling you it's people soylent green is people Yes, the uh, Soylent Green jerseys would be. We that, That'll be something we market. We'll have that in the slaw. We'll, sure. we'll have a tag team called Soylent Green. Soylent Green. That's actually yeah. a good name for a tag team, the, yeah. The Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling, for anybody unfamiliar with the slaw, It's a wrestling federation, well, an alliance Kellen and I founded a few years ago. Roadhammers are undisputed heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Roadhammers, a listener to the show. Okay, so Soylent Green, yet another uh, brilliant idea Kellen and I have had here on Inside Sports. Connor McDavid had this to say after the game last night. He's driving to the net. He uh, gets tripped, goes into the goalie. Pugliarvi shoots the puck in off McDavid. Flames challenge for goalie interference. A goal stands. Uh, Here's what McDavid
2: said about the play. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, obviously they have the right to to defend their net and, uh, you know, defend uh, me trying to get in there. But, you know, when the stick kind of comes in, in into the feet there like, like Tanev's did, um, it's a dangerous play for me and for the goalie. You know, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to go flying in there. The, the goalie doesn't want me flying in there. Um, and the guy that's left uh, safe is, uh, is the defenseman that, you know, is sloppy with his stick. So, you know, I would like... Uh, you know, I think you'd like to see that called a, a little bit more. Um, you know, protects the, the 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 guy driving the net. And obviously, we we want to we want to you know increase offense, and 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 the guy has to have the right to defend the net as well. But you know, when the when the stick gets caught up in the feet and, and sends someone flying into the net, I think you'd like to start seeing that called a little more.
0: And did you you knew right away you were okay? Like there wasn't uh, like you were fine on the play it, uh, obviously it has similarities to the one that, that you were hurt on but you were good right from the start
2: uh, yeah I mean obviously there's a there's a there's a couple seconds where you do a, a quick check on your shelf and and uh, you know see what hurts and if nothing then 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 all good I guess but um, again it's a, it's a play that's dangerous and and um, you know I, I obviously don't want to go flying into the net I want to protect the goalie just as much as, as the defenseman does so um, You know, I'd like to see it maybe called a little bit, but, you know, ultimately, uh, that's not my decision.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, it was pretty clear on the replay that he was tripped, and I I know oil country holds its breath when McDavid drives in like that, but what did he say a couple of years ago when he was hurt in that regular season finale against Calgary and and paid $100 million to take the puck to the net, so he's not going to stop doing it? Uh, it, I mean, look, uh, meaningless game, ultimately, preseason I was a little surprised the flames challenged it. it to me it was obvious that mcdavid was knocked down by tanev on the play and uh, yeah i mean i think stick, sticking the foot out like that should be a penalty it wasn't called but i think the right call uh that the goal stood so you know mcdavid has been asked about the officiating a few times since the the end of last season obviously he's careful what he says I mean, you don't want to say stuff that's going to irritate the referees or get you in the bad books or cost you calls along the way. But he's, he's talked about consistency, and I think that's what a lot of you want. Uh, you know, we'll see how long they enforce the new cross-checking standard that they've been talking about in the preseason, which is something uh, I, I would like to see. I'd like to see cross-checking called more often, especially if it's something from behind against a player. You know, maybe not necessarily expecting to get hit or a little in a little more vulnerable position. There was a cross-check call last night on a player in front of the net that I thought was an appropriate one. So that's something else to keep an eye on for sure. It is seven forty-two. It is still three nothing for Boston in the top of the fifth. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six-slides, eight-neighborhood, zero-compromise vacation. The ultimate never-done-that-can't-wait-to-do-it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of
2: Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas.
1: Leading the Yankees in the AL wildcard game. Always fun to catch up with Chris Sheets. What is he up to tonight? We'll tell you when we get back. well the voice you heard uh, a couple of commercials ago chris sheets is going to check in now he was talking about the uh hope mission in that spot of course chris sheets with kissing country 103.9 chris how are you doing sir uh you know what reed
0: we're doing great thanks for uh
1: having me on okay well i I always appreciate you coming on i know you're incredibly busy uh you're always doing something to help other people you're always a guy with a lot of energy you put other people first so with that intro i'll let you tell it What, what are you doing right now what's going on
0: Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're currently on the, the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium. We've uh, been doing this for the last six years uh, for the uh, Hope Mission. And again, uh, the uh, Yards of Hope uh, Radiothon came up with a brainwave six years ago that uh, we'd see if we could get across the field by raising funds for the wonderful Hope Mission and all the great uh, things that they do throughout the community, uh, whether it's at the Mission or the Herb Jameson Centre or, or just basically getting out and, and doing things. They actually deliver uh, 3,000 bagged lunches to schools where uh, children that wouldn't have a a, a lunch actually uh, get a lunch. And that's the kind of stuff that they do throughout our community. So it's a no-brainer. So we started at 6 o'clock this morning with Matt, Jack, and I. And, uh, well, let's just say we've had an incredible day, my friend.
1: What was the most incredible thing that happened? you know the five o'clock hour
0: (laughs) we we we've seen a lot of money being raised over the last number of years but uh, nothing will ever uh be like the five o'clock hour here basically we start moving down the field and and we slowly move in the morning and we you know we we have a a pretty good day and we hopefully get halfway down the field by by the end of the first day and then we stay overnight which we're going to do just under the under the the few lights that are on here at commonwealth on, on the field and then we start again tomorrow morning and we hope to to raise a significant amount of money and get to the end of the field by the end of the of the broadcast well let's just say that we got to the end of the field at uh, about uh, 630 this evening uh, for the <laughs> for the hundred and ten thousand dollars really so we all looked yeah we all looked at each other and said well now what and we all decided okay maybe I decided for Matt because you know Matt Reed <laughs> he was he was itching to go home and get into his, his comfy bed but he said let's do it let's uh, stay overnight and see how much money how much further can we go can we get down the field another time? Uh, maybe at another time and a half, who knows, because people are really responding again this second year of COVID.
1: Well, that is awesome to hear. And yeah, I mean, you and I do this interview uh, every year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you've never, you, like, usually you're around midfield or like that. Yeah. you've crossed yeah. and you're at the, so you're already there and you're seeing how far you can, well, that is that is awesome for Edmonton and area and all the Kiston Listers and uh, many, obviously, Ched Listers as well. So that And you guys actually, what do you, like, move your – you actually have kind of a desk or a table you move down yard by yard?
0: <laughs> we actually have placards that were made by William Huff many years ago, just numbers, and we just slowly move them down the field, and, and we kind of hang out. We had to get off the field and kind of get out of the bubble because the Elks were practicing earlier in the day. That's kind of a funny thing, actually. At one point, uh, the Elks were practicing – and Jack said, "I think somebody's cheering for us." And then we realized that they were practicing offense, and they were practicing to play in Winnipeg, which is a very loud stadium, and they were playing crowd noise. <laughs> I said, "No, they're not. They're not cheering
1: for us yet." Right. Okay. Well, th- that that is so encouraging to hear. And now, where will yeah. you, will you sleep? Right on the field, or what? Do yeah. you go in like in a dressing room? What happens?
0: No, 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 no. We the whole idea is to sleep outside like people would have to if they didn't have, uh, and it's, the luxury is the r- wrong word because it's not like living in your own home, but uh, the mission uh, provides a shelter for people, of course, the Herb Jameson Centre that just reopened this past weekend offers shelter. Overnight for people, and uh, we basically get an idea of what it would be like to not have any shelter at all. We do have sleeping bags, got them from Cabela's years ago, and they're nice and warm. But uh, no matter what happens, if it starts to rain or whatever, and and knock on wood, we've had a pretty good stretch of weather for the last six years. We haven't really, we got a little bit of a light sprinkle one year, but we haven't been rained on or snowed on yet. Um, and uh, but they had, at the end of the day, it's just an idea. Of uh, what it would be like without the important help mission. Which, by the way, I've actually stayed there a few times overnight. And uh, you know, again, it's uh, it's 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 not the most comfy place on the planet because you'd much rather be in a in a in a home in a bed. But uh, but it's it's so much better than sleeping on the streets.
1: Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm blown away by the reaction and the dedication for for you, Matt and Jack, as well. That's uh, that's really incredible. Can you like? who else is there like what's like you you do the sidelines people go yeah. to elks games what does yeah. it feel like being in that big stadium and it's just a few people
0: it yeah it it feels strange like it yeah it, it really does um uh you know it uh it, yeah it, it, it's really surreal of course uh, but you can hear the sirens and you, you wonder if uh, you know that's not uh uh, first responders going to deal with uh, you know somebody that of course doesn't have a place to to live you, you hear all the noise at the top air one flying over throughout the night and I mean it's you know it's just downtown is busy and you can hear it like like never before when you're when you're down here and doing this and by the way I do want to do a shout out uh, to our buddy Matt O'Donnell of the Edmonton Alex. every year he comes by and drops off a sizable donation and you know they're having a tough season but uh, uh, yeah he's still such a great guy and and uh, John white stopped by as well just to give his encouragement and thank uh, the, the listeners that uh, uh, and viewers of Global that are also uh, contributing, of course. So, um, you know, again, I, I just I want to thank the Edmonton Elks uh, for allowing us to do this under the situation, the city of Edmonton, Jason Fessick and, and everybody here, Paul. Uh, they they just they made it happen under some real complicated situations because of the current, of course, COVID situation.
1: Yeah. Well, Chris, this is this is awesome. Thanks for the update, and just remind people again how they can pitch in. You know what? Um, the phone lines are
0: not open anymore. Our, our, our phone volunteers—they work to, from six in the morning straight through until seven. But you can give online right now at hopemission.com. It's a, of course, if you make a donation over twenty bucks. I'm no accountant, but I believe it's tax deductible. So you can tell your accountant. Chris Sheets told you that, and uh, it, it, and so you're not going to miss that money. Fifty-four dollars, uh, basically feeds and takes care of the needs of uh, twenty uh, of less fortunate individuals. Read, you were born where?
1: Where was I born? Yeah, I, I was born in Kitchener Waterloo Ontario. My friend, I,
0: I'm telling you, Reed Wilkins, born in Kitchener Waterloo Ontario, or Chris Sheets, born in Thorsby, Alberta, never had to deal with some of the challenges that others have had to deal with. We got uh, we draw we drew a pretty good card, right? And there's others that just didn't. So at the end of the day, it's uh, I think it's our duty and our responsibility to do what we can for others.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Chris, thanks for doing this. All the best, you guys. Have fun. Thank you to the Chad listeners that
0: are stepping up and, and helping out. Hopemission.com, if you want to go there right now, you can be part of, hopefully, an amazing total by 9 o'clock tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Uh, definitely good. Like, yeah, that's, uh, that's so cool what they're doing. Thanks, Chris, for coming on the show. So for the Hope Mission, and yeah, so they've already driven the field. They, they move a yard for every 1,000 yards, so they've already done that, and now they're seeing how far can come back man oh man that is really cool I love having uh, Chris Sheets on the show and that's that's an important thing totally different type of driving down the field at Commonwealth than what we usually talk about that is uh, that is excellent stuff okay here's what I can tell you let's update the scoreboard here before Inside Sports comes to a conclusion it is the American League wildcard game it is in the top of the sixth and the Red Sox who are playing at home lead the Yankees 3-0 tomorrow it'll be the St. Louis Cardinals and LA Dodgers in the national league nhl all right we've had some finals here in the last half hour predators beat the hurricanes 3-2 in overtime penguins beat the sabers 5-4 that one was in a shootout islanders finished off the flyers 3-0 panthers beat the lightning 3-2 the maple leafs won at home 6-2 against the canadians about seven minutes into the third dallas with a 2-1 lead on the st louis blues after the first now in denver The Golden Knights lead the Colorado Avalanche 2-0. Kraken and Canucks coming up, and the the Coyotes and the Kings will get going in about 45 minutes. The Oilers did not practice today. Uh, They will get back at it tomorrow, so we'll have the updates there if you want to follow along online. And, of course, Bob Stauffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Scheduled to join me tomorrow evening. This is going to be fun. Former NHL linesman Randy Mitten is going to be on the show. That'll be cool to talk to Randy for sure. All right. Our guests tonight, besides Chris Sheets, thanks to Doug Brown and Jack Michaels. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. Your studio producer this evening is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name's Reed. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night.
2: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.